You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, still wrapping up that Mardi Gras week, getting back into the swing of everything here with the New Orleans Pelicans. And it's a game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Toronto Raptors tonight in the Smoothie King Center. We'll talk about that game. They've also got a game coming up on Sunday against the Atlanta Hawks. We'll take a look as well as that one. But there's another thing we've got to talk about or two. First, we've also got to give an injury update on this too. We've got a big one coming from Drew Holiday, but then we're going to still look at Drew Holiday and how well he's played since the Anthony Davis trade request. So we're going to focus on him in the beginning. Then we'll take a look at these upcoming games, catch you up on one or two other little things that have kind of crept around why that is we're all still getting back into the swing of things so let's just dive right on into it in today's edition of locked on pelicans so bit of a surprise yesterday the pelicans sent out a press release say with the subject of drew holiday medical update and you're kind of like uh-oh that can't be anything good usually when it comes to this team but this isn't too bad all things considered and it reads the new orleans pelicans guard drew holiday has been diagnosed with a lower abdominal strain the team announced today an mri taken this morning yesterday morning an examination by pelicans director of medical services head team physician dr misty surrey confirmed the injury holiday will be reevaluated in seven to ten days you know, not really anything to go off of. I missed where this happened in the middle of the game, I guess I would presume. And they're just being cautious. The season's lost. They're not making the playoffs. There's no reason to really throw him out there if he isn't healthy. So that's kind of the big thing. One thing just to know from this press release, over the past year, the Pelicans have really been kind of focused, it seems like, on the optics of their training staff after all that stuff that happened with the Saints, with Misty Surrey, and other things like that, just constant injuries to this Pelicans team. They're making sure Misty Surrey is named in all All of these press releases, when you go back to Solomon Hill and the quad tear that he had, that's where they really started putting his name in there to make sure people knew he's the one doing all of this, even if that's not always the case, I think, to kind of make it appear that all things are good with the medical staff, with the training staff. Just an aside that I find rather interesting. So holidays out, seven to 10 days. So about, you know, it's going to end up being closer to 10 days. He'll be reevaluated. The biggest thing that I take away from this is, Dude is not injury prone because this is the first game he's missed due to injury since 2016. He missed one game last year. He played 81 games, missed one game, not with injury, but with illness. That doesn't count as an injury, right? So I think he has done everything he can to shed that injury-prone label. Missed one game last year. The year before that, he missed the games due to the issues going on with his wife and unborn child at the time. So don't think it's an injury-prone thing. This guy's been a model of basically perfect health. He's allowed one sick day a year, I think. 
aren't we all? So this is good news for the Pelicans that it's nothing really serious. It's just a strain. He just needs to rest. That's usually how these things go. Sad because he's probably going to be really needed against the Toronto Raptors tonight in the Smoothie King Center. Also worth mentioning from practice the other day, Alvin Gentry talked about Jaleel Okafor and that injury that he's been dealing with to his right ankle, that right ankle sprain. Gentry said, and I thought this was interesting given everything that happened with Zion Williamson, that it could be a shoe problem. Yeah, a shoe problem. You don't really hear that. Okafor wears low tops. He feels bigs need to wear high tops. And he said the training staff has spoken to Jaleel Okafor about wearing maybe different shoes to help prevent this kind of thing in the future. That's the little adjustments that you never get to hear about that the team should constantly be trying to make, that you want the team to constantly be making. So nice to hear that they're doing kind of the right things. That's the kind of preventative type of stuff that you'd like the team to be doing that you just never find out about. So it seems things are trending in a very good direction, at least with the medical staff, and that's kind of my read on that situation. So now that we know he's going to be out for the game against the Toronto Raptors, I still want to look at how well Drew Holiday's played and kind of what's been the key to some of that and how he's emerged really as the leader for this Pelicans team. But before we do that, there's another sport that's starting to gear up with some big news, and that is the NFL and the NFL draft coming up. And you want to know what the Saints are going to be doing. No better place to get that than the Locked on Saints podcast with host Ross Jackson. It's going to give you the insight on what position the Saints are going to be looking at? Tight end, anybody? Are they going to maybe trade back into the draft? They don't have a ton of picks in the beginning. All of that and more, and he covers it all exceptionally well over at the Locked on Saints podcast. Make sure you listen and subscribe. So we all know Drew Holiday's awesome, but just how awesome has he been this year and particularly since the Anthony Davis trade request? And keep in mind with that trade request, AD, uh, AD uh, Holiday's minutes have been down more than they would have been. They said they were going to scale him back just because he's played so much this year. The reason I want to look at this partially is inspired by Julius Randle, who said after practice yesterday that Drew Holiday is the hardest working player he's ever been around. And, you know, he says that and you think there's any lie in that statement? Not really. We see how hard on both sides of the ball Drew Holiday plays. And more than that, he's become a very strong leader in the locker room. I think that goes kind of unnoticed and is an underrated aspect of his style of game. This is a guy who has stood up for this team, has kind of led this team, and leads by example quietly, but goes out there and just leaves everything he has on the court. When it comes to Anthony Davis, he's always left us wanting in that category. You just knew he wasn't that vocal leader. He wasn't the guy to kind of rally the troops, but Drew Holiday really seems to be that player. More than that, he takes some of these young guys under his wing. Frank Jackson worked out with him all last offseason. You have to imagine that's going to happen again this year, leading by example, showing these guys how to be professional players. And that's something that's very important, particularly now as these young guys are getting increased minutes. But let's also look at his play on the court. And it was a great tweet by Pelicans PR the other day and says, Holiday's got 54 blocks on the season and he leads all guards in the NBA in that category. Kind of just sums it up right there. This is a guy who can swat away three-pointers and can close out on the perimeter so quickly, but is strong enough that down low, he can hold you and play in the post and defend you that way. Not just pull the chair out, but also let you kind of try and shoot and bait you into it and then just swat it away. 
He has been outstanding this year. Over the past 15 games, it's been 17 games since the Anthony Davis trade request. Can you really believe it's been that long? And I did it per 36 minutes. This is a dude who's averaging 23.6 points per game, 7.5 assists, and 6 rebounds. While lowering his turnovers from his per 36 minute season average and increasing his steals, the assist numbers are basically about the same. The scoring's a little bit higher. He stepped up, but he, more than that, it's those assist numbers that have stayed consistently high. Not just him getting the ball to Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis scoring, but Holiday knows how to get to the ball to everyone on this team. Defensively, he's got a defensive rating of 108. The team's defensive rating is 111.1. Uh, so he's clearly leading them in that category as well. If you like some of the more advanced statistics, and your mileage may vary on these, but look at ESPN's NBA Real Plus Minus. Look at the point guard category and the guard category here. Holiday ranks insanely high in terms of offensive real plus minus which is basically kind of trying to figure out based on the box score the impact that these guys have and it's incredible he ranks as the sixth best point guard guard basically there behind James Harden who's having an absurd year behind Steph Curry who's Steph freaking Curry behind Damian Lillard who's an excellent guard Kyrie Irving and Kemba Walker and then it's Drew Holiday that's pretty good company to be in defensively he ranks exceptionally high as well the defensive rankings tend to kind of favor guys who get steals box certain things like that not always at times holiday's best marcus smart ranks number one but holiday ranks 10th and that's still pretty good and he's got a much larger impact on that you have to figure and then when you just rank it basically straight up by their combined real plus minus he is right on in all of this ranking as the fourth best guard they have a wins category, which I'll admit I don't quite know what that formula for it all is. But hey, Holiday's second in there. Behind James Harden, that's it. That's excellent. But basically, Holiday's ranking in a as a top five guard, point guard in the league right now. And part of it is because of that defensive side that he brings to it. I mean, look at what he has done in some of these games recently. Those two road games, and I talked about it yesterday. The steal at the end of the game against the Nuggets on Will Barton that then led to him dribbling out the clock and keeping his feet in bounds as the ball rolled so close and it would have been easy to just step one foot over that line. And then, you know, it's still Denver ball and they have a chance to tie. And then just baiting and almost toying with Donovan Mitchell, who had a 40-plus point game the night before against the uh, while they were playing the Utah Jazz, to bait him into that last shot where he pump fakes, pump fakes, doesn't get a look because Holiday doesn't bite on all of that. And then more recently, I watched a lot of his defensive possessions over the past week or so, and the ability to just fly through screens is absolutely maybe almost unrivaled in the NBA as a guard. He is so strong that when he hits a guy, he can almost push through that. Remember Tim Frazier defending the pick and roll? If there was a screen set, even if it was a weak screen, he was done for. He couldn't get around it. 
he'd have to go under, which leaves an open three-point shooter. And if he tries to fight and go over it, which, God forbid, and he was never going to successfully do, it was just a free lane for the guy to drive to the basket. Holiday knows when to go above the screen and under the screen. It's a shooter. He's going to go over to try and take away that three-point shot. If it's a guy who's going to drive, he knows he can go under and then still get back in time or potentially still close out if they want to pull up. And that's why he has uh, all those blocks that he has. He's just been unbelievable this year. And to see the numbers and just the leader that he's grown into has been a joy, I know, for Pelicans fans. And for me to see personally, this has been a lot of fun. Just a guy who's a good dude goes out and plays the right way. That's the type of guy that Pelicans fans are going to rally behind. And you've seen it. He gets cheered tremendously now. I think he starts to realize really who he is. He's come into his own. We know, despite this, he is not an injury-prone player anymore. So hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. Even though it's going to help the Pelicans' lottery odds, I think people would just rather watch him play because, frankly, that is far more fun and he is that good. So before we look at the two games this weekend, tonight in the Smoothie King Center, then on the road against the Atlanta Hawks, a game I'm actually like, oddly excited about and I'll explain why do want to mention we've got the locked on NBA podcast going strong this is going to be an interesting close to the year what's going on with Boston how did the 76ers basically lose twice in one game that actually happened all that and more gets covered over there make sure you know what's going on around the association who might win the MVP award most improved all of those things and who is going to end up with all the different seats in the playoffs no better way than to listen to the locked on NBA podcast, so make sure you listen and subscribe. So the Pelicans take on the Toronto Raptors tonight in the Smoothie King Center, the team with the second best record in the NBA before they go on to travel to Atlanta and play the Hawks, who don't have the second best record in the NBA. The Raptors are very good, sitting so far at 46 and 19. They're second in the East, second best record again in the league. They have a top Six offense, they rank six there. They have, they have the seventh best defense. That trade for Kawhi Leonard, which was a big gamble, getting rid of their like favorite son in DeMar DeRozan, sending him to the Spurs, bringing Kawhi Leonard, bit of a gamble because of that, has really paid off. They look like a team that like took that leap that they were hoping to make. On the season, Kawhi Leonard's averaging 27 points, 7.4 rebounds, along with 3.3 assists. He's shooting almost 36% from three, almost 50% from the field overall. He's been excellent. He's also one of the other best two-way players, other than Drew Holiday, in the league. It would have been fun to see Drew Holiday try and defend him a little bit. It's going to fall to Kenrich Williams, most likely, in this game. You might see Julius Randle switched on there times as well. It's going to be tough. This game looks a little bit different now with uh, Drew Holiday out of there. The key for the Raptors is probably Pascal Siakam. This is a guy who might win most improved player in the league, averaging 16.4 points per game, 7.1 rebounds. He kind of does everything for Toronto. It's like a Draymond Green light. They need to find a way to neutralize him because if they let him kind of just do everything, he's the cog that makes almost every single thing click and work here with this Toronto Raptors team. Don't forget about Kyle Lowry, 15.3 points per game. Oh, and then they just traded for Mark Gasol at the trade deadline, who's not the Mark Gasol of old, but still a very good player, a very good passer. He can do a lot of damage there. Basically, this is an uphill climb for the Pelicans in this one. Toronto does not turn the ball over. 
Good news is they're not a great rebounding team uh, on the offensive glass or the defensive glass. They're going to need to crash the boards hard if you're the Pelicans, if you want to stay in this one. you know. But I think you're going to see a lot of the young guys play. The guards might be overmatched a little bit. It's going to be tough. Hopefully we see a nice game from Frank Jackson, who showed some real good defensive promise over the last couple of weeks. He's also seen that three-point shot jump up significantly. Kenrich Williams is going to have a tough one, but if he can rebound well, if he can shoot a little bit better from three than we've seen the past couple of games, I think you're going to feel pretty good about the development of some of these guys. Chick Diallo's got a chance just to be springy in this one, jump up and down, grab some boards if he can show off any scoring touch, particularly because he needs to out-hustle Siakam in this one. It'll be a good win for the Pelicans. Now, the flip side of this is going to be the game on Sunday, the Atlanta Hawks, who are 22 and 44. They have a bad record, but they're starting to come into their own and they're improving. They're led by Trey Young, who is going to finish second in rookie of the year voting behind uh, Luka Doncic, who is involved in that trade with. Trey Young's been really, really good this year, and it's kind of overshadowed. And without Drew Holiday there to kind of shut him down, this is a guy who might have a big game against the Pelicans. He's got a great off-the-bounce game, can drive, get to the rim. He's also a good enough three-point shooter, or at least a threat of being a three-point shooter, that he can pull up and hit you there and make you burned if you try and sag off him a little bit too much. He's averaging 18.3 points per game, 7.7 assists. He's shooting only 33% from deep, but he's doing it on almost six attempts per game, so the volume is a big concern there. He's played very well over the past month or two. The my One of my favorite players in the league who no one really knows about is John Collins. He's He's been injured for a chunk of the year, but he leads this team in scoring 19.4 points per game. Their power forward, 9.6 rebounds. He is good. He just gets down low and scores. He's got enough range to stretch you out from three if need be, though he doesn't take it at very high volume. But he just gets down low and he does work. He will score. He will grab rebounds. He will attempt to block you and he can pass just enough. Other than that, they don't really scare you. It'll be cool to see Vince Carter out there. Yeah, he's still in the league at 42 years old, averaging almost 17 minutes per game. He's been kind of quiet, but he has moments here or there. It's a nice veteran presence that they have. Again, this Hawks team plays fast. That plays into the Pelicans' hands. Even shorthanded without Drew Holiday, they should be able to get the win in this one. You have to figure AD will be at least playing in this one. So we're going to see how it goes. But, you know, if you're going to win, cool. But it's a fun Hawks team to watch. So don't sleep on them. Their future looks really bright. I really like their young core. I said, if you could trade uh, Anthony Davis or John Collins and Trey Young, I'd probably do that in a damn second. If you could throw in a first-round pick, too, I'd be even thrilled. But that's how high I am on those two guys. So maybe the Pelicans are going to win this one. Still hurt their lottery odds. No big deal at this point. Should be kind of fun to watch. I'm excited just to watch the Hawks because you don't really get to see them on TV as much. So enjoy the games this weekend. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all on Monday.